Well, hey everyone, and welcome tonight to March the 22nd, and this is your questions, God's questions. Beautiful day out there, and uh, hope that uh, you were able to go outside and enjoy a little bit of uh, fresh air and sunshine. My goodness, it's uh, it feels like it's well overdue this year, but uh, welcome uh, those of you who are joining live and uh, let me know who you are, where you're coming from. Please feel free to use the comment section for questions or comments or prayer requests. I will take pretty well anything uh, live, and if I can't answer it live, I will do my best to answer it the following week. Do some research on your question if uh, that's necessary. So keep it coming. We keep doing this on on Monday nights at uh, 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how long we can keep it going. It depends on your questions. So I encourage you to do that and share it with friends. You've got friends who are not Christian at all. Uh, great. I would love to hear their questions. It happens often that people would like to hear what a pastor has to say about some things and how they would answer certain questions about life. And um, so, you know, they have free access. So you can... Um, you can forward it to people, share it to people, whatever. I know there's those of you who you watch recordings and you send them to friends, and that's great as well. We are also on uh, Apple Podcasts and Podbean, just the audio. Um, our services are on there as well, and we try to keep our Facebook and YouTube channel uh, up to date with everything. Check us out online at citypointchurch.ca. And uh, let me give you a couple of announcements uh, before we begin. Uh, we will be at the movie theater in Brossard Cineplex Complex Distrante. I was there today uh, checking in and uh, checking out everything, all of our gear and so on. So we will be there on Easter Sunday, 9.45 and 11, two services uh, in order to uh, deal with the uh, provincial decrees, 25 people for a, uh, a church, and so we're operating under those rules, even though we're meeting in the public space of the theater. And so uh, 25 at the 945, 25 at the 11, and uh, the spaces are filling up, so you'll want to uh, go to our website, citypointchurch.ca, Click on the service that you want to attend, and uh, it's pretty easy to register. We have to keep a list of everybody who's coming. We'll have a little treat for kids that day, a little Easter surprise for them. And it'll be nice to get everyone together in the same space, or as many people as we can, and uh, just see one another. And so uh, I put that out to you. And also Wednesday night, we're going to continue our video Bible study, Cultures in Conflict. Uh, which is a great um, looking at, at the book of Acts and Paul's uh, interactions with the people in Athens this time and how he was dialoguing with people who were, you know, totally different religious view and so on and the conflicts uh, that ensue when you take the Christian worldview and you put it up against the any other worldview, really, you're going to see a conflict. So that's a great Bible study for you to be a part of. And also, uh, Saturday night, I'll be doing a live stream called Passover or 
Easter, uh, Saturday night to sundown is the uh, in the Jewish uh, calendar the Passover Seder. So I'm going to be showing you what that looks like and trying to talk about this whole thing: Easter, Passover. What's the difference? What do they both mean? Are they connected? Um, and there's a be- beautiful similarities and typologies that that when understood um, make the stories of Easter and Passover very very powerful. So I will be doing that live on uh, Saturday night at sundown. So you want to join us on uh, Facebook or YouTube on Saturday night. Okay. So tonight we are. Let me get the question up on the screen here for you with this fancy, fancy software. Hold on. You know, it used to be uh, years ago that um, when you wanted to do things like what I'm doing right now, you would have to pay thousands of dollars in order to do so. But now you can do it quite easily even one person can do it alone like me doing it right now so uh we are dealing with the question at least for now and you can uh you can put your your questions up on the screen uh, as i handle this one good evening patrick and uh, this happens to be something like the question that you asked so great you made it out live here and uh, God bless you. So the question, uh, because we've been looking at the Gospels the last couple of weeks, and are the Gospels reliable, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in the Bible's New Testament, uh, the question came up, well, you know, aren't the Gospels in a Jewish setting? Wasn't Jesus Jewish? Isn't that a whole kind of Jewish thing? And for that matter, all the Old Testament. Isn't this really for Jewish people? And, you know, if, I, if I'm not Jewish, what's the relevance really of the Gospels for me or the Old Testament for me? Um, shouldn't I be following, you know, sort of Paul and the book of Romans and, uh, you know, the rest of the New Testament? And it, it can be very confusing uh, because most of, the, most of the church, I disappeared. Oh. Patrick is saying I disappeared. I think I'm still here. Looks like I'm still live. There's a couple of other people on, so if you see a problem, uh, text me, call me. <laughs> I look like I'm still on. My broadcast still looks good. But anyway, uh, the question is, um, does that stuff apply to me? And most of the church worldwide is not Jewish. So you have a a small percentage of the church worldwide that uh, is Jewish in their ethnicity, and uh, I'm one of them, uh, but we're a very, very small percentage of the church. The church is largely what you would call Gentile, to borrow a word from the Bible. So uh, what do we do with this? And um, let me let me phrase it this way uh, for you. Um, let me phrase it this way. So, so Jesus was Jewish. Uh, Paul was Jewish. Peter was Jewish. John was Jewish. Matthew was Jewish. 
Luke wasn't. Luke, the physician, uh, we're pretty sure he was a Gentile. But the question becomes, well, what if I'm not Jewish? Like, how does this all relate? And you're going to see that on uh, Saturday night when I do the Easter uh, Passover thing. God bless you, Viano. He says he can see me. So, Patrick, hopefully you got back online here. And uh, and I would encourage you, yeah, share the broadcast uh, and fire off your questions, your comments in the comments section all right so what do we do with this uh how do we understand this it's very very complex very very difficult now for people who are not uh, uh jewish okay so um um the best way to do this and the best way to handle this is from a passage in the book of acts acts chapter uh 15 but before we get there thank you patrick i'm glad you're back on and I see your message, and I'll pop it on because I love this technology. Bless you. And uh, so, um, uh, the Gospels. Here you have Jew- Jesus, a Jewish person, coming into a Jewish context, really rocking the boat in terms of what he is saying, making claims of messiahship and deity that were totally unexpected and totally did not... Uh, fulfill their version of the expectations. It was a total surprise uh, when Jesus came onto the scene. The Jewish people had a lot of trouble understanding um, that Jesus could actually be the Son of God and be the Messiah and be deity at the same time. This messes around with their monotheism in their mind. Um, They a section of them at least uh you know called him a blasphemer wanted to get rid of him and uh so but it remains a Jew, remained a jewish thing at that point right um so we say well that's the gospels the gospels records this but what's that got to do with my life as a non-jewish person uh, do i have to follow the laws in the old testament in order to be a christian um, so until you get to this passage here, uh, the book of Acts and chapter 15, you're largely looking at a, a movement that took place within another religious view, Judaism. So if you don't know Judaism, it seems very, very foreign. Um, so Acts chapter 15 is critical for this. Because what starts to happen in the book of Acts, and truthfully, you even see it in the Gospels, and you even see it in the Old Testament if you look carefully, is that you start to learn that God loves the entire human population. Not just one religious group, not just one ethnic group. He loves the entire human population, and he wants to see everyone come to him not just Jewish people. He wants non-Jewish people as well. He wants Gentiles, so-called, as well. You do see this if you look closely in the Old Testament. You do see it in the Gospels because Jesus did things in the lives of non-Jewish people. Uh, Jesus stepped out of the, of the 
the restrictions and the taboos and spent time with non-Jewish people. He performed miraculous signs and wonders, as we saw yesterday um, in our service, amongst people who were not only Jewish. So you do see this in the Old Testament. You do see it in the Gospels, but you see it really come to fruition in the book of Acts. Uh, In particular, the story of Cornelius, the Italian military man, who uh, becomes a, a Christ follower uh, through the ministry of the Jew Peter? Everyone is in shock at this because of it. It, it seems like God wants non-Jewish people too, and so there is a there is a pushback amongst Jewish Christians at that time in the Book of of Acts saying that, no, 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 these non-Jewish people who are coming to Christ, no, they have to follow the law of Moses. They don't know the law of Moses, of course, but they have to follow the law of Moses. And the males need to be circumcised as well. So otherwise, they can't be saved. They're not real Christ followers unless they do this. And this this brought uh, Paul in particular, Peter in particular, uh, in what we'll see, you have you have Peter, and I think it's Barnabas, and the half brother of Jesus, James, into a, a quite a debate that ended up in a kind of official meeting at where this all started, the city of Jerusalem, and there is a decision made. It is foundational for non-Jewish people to understand what went on here. So this is what happens. I'm reading from Acts chapter 15. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch uh, and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. You Gentiles, you're in real trouble. You've got to follow the law. And this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. I would not want to debate with Paul especially. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem and see the apostles and elders on this question. Again, Jerusalem was where it all started and the half-brother of Jesus, James, is the leader over there and they're going to have like this meeting and say, okay, now hear this. This is the way it's going to go from now on. And so uh, up they go. And um, they go through Phoenicia and Samaria, and they talk about how the Gentiles, non-Jewish people, are, have been converted to Christ. It's making people happy. They get to Jerusalem, and they're welcomed by the church, the elders, the apostles, etc. And they tell, they tell them everything. They say, listen, this guy, Cornelius, uh, and, and what happened to him, it, it was incredible. And Peter's telling the story and so on. Um, yeah, Peter, that's right. Yeah, Peter's telling the story. You can read it in Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 11. And then you get some Pharisees, and they're Pharisees who've become followers of Jesus, but they're still Pharisees, and they say, listen, these Gentiles, they have to be circumcised. Ouch, said all the men and required to obey the law of Moses. They don't even know the law of Moses. They haven't even read the law of Moses. Maybe they can't even read. And the apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, 
Peter gets up and he he's he he's going to tell them his point of view, and he says, "You know that God made a choice uh, among you that the Gentiles might hear." From my lips, the message of the gospel and believe. Peter talking about his call to minister to non-Jewish people. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them, non-Jewish people. Amazing. By giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, he made no distinction. Didn't matter to God, for he purified their hearts by faith. So why is it now that you want to test God? And you want to put a yoke on these people that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. You want them to believe the law, follow the law? We can't even follow the law. We're not even capable of following the law. And you want them to? He says, no. Exclamation mark. Verse 11, we believe it is through grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are saved. And the whole assembly became silent. You could hear a pin drop. And Barnabas and Paul start talking. They talk about the miraculous signs and wonders that they saw that were done amongst non-Jewish people through them, through Paul, through Barnabas, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. They're talking, talking, telling them the whole thing. Then James is going to get up, and James says, Listen to me. Simon has described to us how God has shown his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets, Old Testament, he's going to quote our in agreement with this, and he quotes a passage from the book of Amos. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name. That's Old Testament talking about Gentiles. Says the Lord, who does all these things that have been known for ages. God loves all of humanity, not just Jewish people. And so Peter uh, James says, here's the deal. We are not going to make it difficult for Gentiles turning to God. Instead, this is what we'll tell them. We're going to lay down four principles for them to follow. We're going to tell them to abstain from food polluted by idols. I'll explain this in a second. From sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. Period. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and it's read in the synagogues on every Sabbath. If they want to know Moses, they can have access to Moses. But this is the way that it's going to be. We're going to lay down four things. And then they write this letter. The letter goes to the Gentile believers. And they say, you are to abstain. Verse 29, you are to abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You'll do well to avoid these things. You say, well, hold on. It's bringing up another problem now. Are you saying that we can't? What is this meat of strangled animals, blood? Like, what are you talking about? We have to follow that? I don't understand. I still don't understand. Well, what's what's going on here is that James, rather brilliantly, is saying, look, you've got these super ultra-religious Jewish people who have become followers of Christ, and then you've got these totally non-religious people, Gentiles, Maybe they're from a totally, they're from a different religious view. They're from out of paganism. They're out of idolatry. 
and they're coming to Christ. Both of them are coming to Christ. They both got to live in harmony with one another. And what are we going to do to foster community and fellowship without starting war? And this is what they say. So you abstain from meat, uh, from uh, food sacrifice to idols. Well, that's because in their context, in their time, uh, the animal sacrifices that were used in that time to to atone for people's sins wasn't only in Judaism, it was in other religions as well. Uh, but what happened in Judaism, you get a huge animal and a, a prime cut because they had to be of a certain quality to be used for the animal sacrifices, and there'd be a lot of leftovers. And so they would take that, they put it in the market and sell it. Very offensive to Jewish people. Very offensive. And so what's being said to these Gentiles is, listen, don't don't take that meat because you're going to start a war. That's basically what's being said. Um, and so the context is so important. Uh, meat of uh, uh, food sacrifice to idols, uh, this is what they would do with it sometimes. They would sell it and uh, and then they would sacrifice it to another idol. Same thing with the prohibition from blood, um, meat of strangled animals. Uh, all of this had to do with religion and how offensive it would be to Jewish people if this food was consumed in front of them. So meat of strangled animals, blood. Um, it, the, for Jewish people, the life of the creature was in its blood. And so it was to be respected. Uh, and also it provided the atonement for sin. So you take that and you eat it. It's very disrespectful, uh, very um, gross for Jewish people. And so this is being told to non-Jewish people, don't do this. Uh, the sexual immorality thing is pretty easy to understand. Uh, it may be referring to more complex things rather than the obvious, because some of these pagan uh, religions, you had all kinds of incest, incestual relationships and this kind of stuff that was normal in their view. And so they're being told, you abstain from this. So the, the, the whole point of it is uh, y- we do not want non-Jewish people to have to follow all of these laws in order to uh, be followers of Jesus. It's simply not necessary for them. And all of those laws, we try and follow them. All they do is show show us that we can't follow them. They show us our need of Christ. They show us our need of grace. Now, all of this said, um, is the Old Testament... And is the, are the Gospels relevant for non-Jewish people? Of course they are. When you take them into their proper context, uh, reading the Old Testament is going to give anyone, Jew or Gentile, a, a fantastic picture of the condition of humanity, of the provision of God, uh, of the forgiveness of sins, of his uh, justice, of his holiness, of the fallenness of humanity. There is so much richness in there uh, when you understand it in context. And in the Gospels, I mean, in my view, uh, we should be spending much time, much more time than we usually do in the Gospels. Yes, Jesus was Jewish. Yes, he's... uh, 
addressing a Jewish audience for much of the Gospels. Uh, but in Jesus and studying the Gospels, we see his ethic, we see his uh, uh, morality, we see his teaching about God, we see his teaching about relationships, and all of these things. And we wouldn't know those things if it weren't for what we have about Jesus in the Gospels. Um, and if we watch his life and watch the lives of people who interact with him, there are hundreds and hundreds of things to be learned uh, that apply to us. But it's got to be read and understood in context. You know, some people teach, well, you know, just follow Paul. Well, Paul was Jewish, and he writes to Jewish people. He writes to Gentile people. So that's a kind of an insufficient idea. You've got to follow what the Bible says, but you've got to read the Bible in its context to understand what you're dealing with. Uh, So do we follow uh, the Old Testament in the sense of all these laws? No. But do we read the Old Testament and and learn from it? Absolutely. Uh, One writer has said it's God's word to them for us. That's an interesting adage, God's word to them. They're the immediate audience, but it is f- still for us. So um, I, I encourage people to spend time in the Old Testament, in the Gospels, in the rest of the New Testament, everywhere. But learn to read the Bible in its context, and, um, and you'll, you'll, you'll get a whole lot more out of it. That's part of what we're going to do on Saturday night. Uh, when we uh, look at Passover and Easter, and it's part of what we do on Wednesday night uh, with this uh, video Bible study, Cultures in Conflict. So I hope that that, that, that clarifies it uh, to some degree for you. I know this is a real, real contentious issue for non-Jewish uh, believers, but the great mystery of the gospel is that God puts together in one body, one universal body of Christ, the Jew and the Gentile, and he puts them together to live in community in the church. He hasn't wiped out uh, Israel with the church. Israel still has its, its distinction, and God has a distinct plan and purpose and program uh, for Israel. But the great mystery of the gospel Jew and Gentile living together as one in Christ, one body in Christ. And that is wonderful news. Uh, So I hope that that helps you. You've been quiet, but you have stayed on. So that tells me you're learning something. And I would again encourage you to share this with others. I'm going to pray for you and we'll call it a night tonight. Wow, there's still some light outside And the curfew's 9.30, so you can enjoy a little bit more fresh air. Take a walk and enjoy the beautiful creation. God, we praise you and thank you tonight uh, for, Lord, you love this whole world. And you gave your one and only Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life, both Jew and Gentile, So I pray, God, we would be about the business of sharing the good news of Jesus this Easter season 
and may we draw closer to you. We pray to that end. Amen. Well, God bless you tonight and uh, hope to see you either Wednesday night or Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night is uh, open to anybody. Wednesday night, you do need the Zoom link. Contact me if you'd like to join in. And we'll be back on Sunday from the Bible College uh, on Palm Sunday. And remember, Easter Sunday at the movie theater, you'll need to go to citypointchurch.ca to register. God bless you, everyone. Have a great evening.